This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This segment is brought to you by Jigmaster Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and use promo code PNF20 and save 20% off your next jig order today. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beer segment on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your host, Armando Solan. And on this segment, we kick back with a special guest and talk about life, kayak fishing, and the pursuit of big bass. So get your cold brews on and enjoy the show. Welcome once again to the Bass Kayak and Beers uh, podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. Very excited to bring you today's guest. Before we start it, I always like to thank Douglas Rods for sponsoring our show. Go check out DouglasOutdoors.com uh, to check out their full lineup of rods, both spinning and bait casting rods, some of the best rods in the business. Once again, DouglasOutdoors.com. Well, thank you, Mr. Bobby Morin, who's my special guest for today, for joining our show. Mr. Morin, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, sir. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, Mr. Morin, before we, uh, well, to get started, actually, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you, you know, other than kayak fishing, uh, tell us a little bit about your backstory and then eventually how you got into kayak fishing and all that. Okay. Uh my name's Bobby Morin. I'm 54. Uh, I was born in uh, Columbus, Georgia, raised over in Smith Station, Alabama. So I spent the majority of my life living in the country, uh, uh, enjoy living in the country, have been fishing basically all my life uh, back up until uh, 2007. Uh, in 2007, my wife was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, so I come off the road. I was actually fishing with the uh, Bassmaster as a co-angler. So I come off the road, and for a year, we went through, uh, I think, nine different surgeries, oh. uh, six months of chemo. Uh, so, yeah, I keep my head. My head's been <laughs> like this since my head's been like this since 2007 uh, because of what my wife went through. Uh, 
I think one of the hardest things as a husband is uh, when my wife's hair fell out and she was standing there crying uncontrollably and it's a pain you can't take away. It's not a pain you can fix. Uh, so when she lost all of her hair, I shaved my head then and I've kept it that way basically since 2007. Uh, I got out of bass fishing altogether at that point. Uh, didn't do a whole lot of fishing up until February of this year. And uh, I heard the Derek Bundle story on the uh, Scott Butcher weigh-in show, and it really, it really touched my heart, and it, it, it really hit home with me. So after that show was over, I, I found Derek on uh, Facebook, and me and Derek probably talked over the course of a week. Uh, and he told me every, every question I asked, uh, he either gave me the answer or got me the answer. And then after that, uh, in February, I bought my first kayak and I got into kayak fishing and I got back into bass fishing and I've been going wide open ever since then. Nice. Uh, uh, also, uh, I'm a father of three, uh, a little bit on that. I've got two stepsons, uh, Christopher and Cody. Uh, Christopher is now a deputy sheriff up in White County, Georgia, where I started out at. And uh, I ended up transferring down to Harris County, Georgia, and finished out my uh, law enforcement in Harris County, Georgia. Uh, my youngest son is uh, 25. And after his tour in the Army, he is now a full-time student uh, in, the, in college, uh, getting into the medical field. and March, March of last year, I actually found out through Facebook Messenger. I got a message through Facebook, through the Messenger app. A young lady contacted me out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, and stated that she had had a DNA test done. She had tracked down her biological mother, which is somebody I used to date back in 85, 86. And I actually took a DNA test as well. So I found out in March that I had a 32-year-old daughter. Oh, wow. So now I have a third child. And uh, the, the thing that really got me is she is still, the mother is still real good friends with my sister and never told anybody. Oh, wow. So I yeah, have no idea that. Yeah, so I found out that I'm a, a, a dad of a 32-year-old, and we are working on building that relationship as we speak. Wow, that is, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, to say that's awkward, it's an understatement, definitely. Um, did you keep in contact, have you kept in contact with um, your daughter's uh, uh, mother? I mean, what no. was that conversation, no? <laughs> Never no, got a I chance actually, to see why? Did I, you know? uh, she, she, well, she's, she's still friends with my sister today. And my, she never told my sister about it. So we lost contact uh, not long after we broke up. I moved to Florida, and I've not spoke to her since. Uh, and I'm not sure where she lives out now, but when I found all this out, I tried. I found her on Facebook, and I sent her a private message to, to try to find out what, what was going on because this kind of floored me and caught me off guard. I thought yeah. somebody <laughs> just trying to spam me through Facebook. And uh, she she never did reply. No no nothing. Nope. Sorry. I mean it's it's it, it is what it is. 
And I've told, uh, I've told Christy, I said, you know what? I said, we may not have got to see what the first half of the book brung, but we will definitely know what the second half of this book is going to be about. So she was adopted shortly after birth, I'm assuming? As, as soon as she was born, uh, she, was, she was adopted and taken with the adopted family straight from the hospital. Uh, the, the, her mom and dad were, uh, the dad was in the military station at Fort Benning. Wow. That is, uh, that is very interesting. I did not expect to hear that story. To be honest with you, that's, that's a lot of material. <laughs> wow. So let me ask you this. Uh, I'm, I'm getting a little sidetracked here. Like I said, I wasn't expecting that part, uh, when we were talking about the pre-recording. So, but I wanted to touch on something, um, that you mentioned uh, you heard Dirk Bronto's story on the Scott Butcher's weigh-in. Uh, for those that haven't heard that episode or not familiar with Dirk Bronto, Dirk Bronto is one of the best um, kayak fishing uh, anglers in the tournament scene right now. Um, actually, congratulations to him. He just won uh, the uh, the team event um, in the KBBT that uh, took place, I think, this past weekend. So congratulations, Dirk Brundle and Mr. God, this is how I spell his last name. Matthew Conant. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Matthew <laughs> So congratulations to the A-team. That's what they called them. So what about uh, Derek Brundle's interview with Scott Butcher um, really hit home with you? Uh, just just the, the, the trials you go through dealing with cancer. Uh, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not easy. Uh, for me as a husband, uh, and with my wife going through all the pain and all the surgeries and the chemo, I mean, her pain level, I mean, I, I, at our house at the time, I took the bedroom and actually turned it into what we, we initially started calling the bat cave. I mean, because there was zero light in there. Uh, the only light that was in that room was from the TV. Uh, because once the chemo was done, I would take her home after chemo. For the next 10 days, I had to take her out and she had to go back and she had to get a shot every single day for 10 days then she would have a one-week break and then we started the process over again so it's uh it, it, it's it's a horrible feeling knowing that somebody that you care for that much that's going through that kind of pain and there's nothing you can do about it i mean it, it broke my heart that that i couldn't take that pain away i would have took it from her and dealt with it in myself but you can't I mean, it's, and all you can do is try to live through it with her to let her know, it's, you know, it's going to be all right. We're going to get through this. This will pass. And uh, I think we're that from 07. So we're what, 13, four, almost 14 years into it now. And she is now cancer free. That's very good. Very good. If so, you don't mind it, I know. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Were you going to add something else, Mr. Morton? Yeah, I was going to say so. So Derek telling his story of, uh, of everything he went through, that's what hit home with me. Mm -hmm. But I had to deal from it from the spouse's side. Yeah. Uh, and and, it, and it's hard. I mean, uh, you know, I didn't go through it, but I went through it through her. Yeah. Uh, and tried to, to, to do my best as a husband to be there for everything that she went through. I mean, I, I come off the road for a year. I mean, I stayed at home. I, I, we didn't we didn't work. Uh, we didn't do anything. I mean, we, we went through that together. And uh, she's, uh, like I say, she's cancer-free now. And uh, 
back then we were self-employed. Uh, we had no health insurance and every three weeks it cost us $7,500 that we had to pay out. So our, everything we had saved up was gone. I mean, it was wiped out. We was over a hundred thousand dollars into it by the time all was said and done. And, uh, it, for people who don't think that you need health insurance. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, when we left Florida, shortly after her chemo was done and she had uh, recovered enough, uh, we packed up and left Florida. We had lost everything to our name. We left Florida with what we could stack in a U-Haul. We had no cars left. We had a, no house left. I mean, so we lost everything. But, you know, we're recovering. We're, we're getting those things back. It's a long road, but I wouldn't trade what I had then to not have my wife with me today. Yeah, of course. If you don't mind talking a little bit about it, and I know that it must be hard for you and may still have some open wounds there, but emotionally, how hard was it for you both, you know, and the stress of the, fin of the finances, the thought, you know, fighting those thoughts of, Maybe she's not going to make it, and thankfully she did. But at that time, you know, with so much uncertainty going on, how hard was it for you emotionally? And what what helped you overcome the emotional stress that it was pouring, not just on you, but on your marriage? Uh, stress, I, and my wife would tell you this, uh, I, I don't get stressed. Nothing stresses me out, and I learned that in law enforcement. Uh, I don't get stressed out. I, I'm a firm believer, and we have a sign now that, that actually at the house that says it is what it is. I mean, if we can't pay a bill, you know, we can't pay a bill. Back then, we didn't pay a whole lot of anything but for her to, to get through what she went through. So for me, I am uh, very positive. Uh, I kept her positive that we would get through that. And she has to take those clues from me as a husband that, you know, we're going to make it through this because if I'm negative, that's going to make her even more negative than what she already was. So I've got a very positive outlook on life. I take, I take one day at the time because uh, when it's time to go home, it's time to go home and you don't have any control over that. Uh, so I, I live, I live life to the fullest every single day. Uh, I, I heard a saying last night uh, in a movie I was watching uh, for someone to say they have no regrets in life means they're fooling themselves that they have no regrets in life. Regrets are mistakes. You don't yeah. learn from life if you don't make mistakes. That's a very good point. So, uh, we, we pushed through it. We pushed through it together. There was times I would go out for a ride uh, in the truck, uh, in the car, while we still had those, and I would cry. I mean, it's it's it, it, it's 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 okay to cry, and yeah. especially with the pain that we're dealing with that we was going through, knowing that we were pretty much in the process of being financially ruined, which ended up happening, but we made it through it. We're out on the other side now. We're starting to shine again. Uh, it it's a long road, but we're here, and I think Derek Brundle would tell you the same thing. Those are some dark times that you go through, mm -hmm. but you have to, you have to know that there's a, there's a light on the other end of that tunnel and we, we got to it. So we're back out on the other side again and we're loving life. How, how has that experience 
change your perspective of, of life, you know, previous to this, how you saw life previous to this and how you see it now? Has anything changed as far as you learned that learning experience going through all the hardships and, you know, the emotional stress that you went through? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, I've always, I was, I, like I said, I was brought up in the country and I was raised, uh, that life is what you make of it. Life is, uh, life is not going to come knock on the door and say, here, look at all this stuff I got for you. All you got to do is take it from me. You, you want something out of life. You got to go get it. It, 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 it don't, it, it don't knock on the door. The lottery machine don't come knock on your door and say, here's the six numbers. Uh, all you got to do is play them and you're going to win. Uh, so I've always had a positive outlook on life. Uh, that's the way I was brung up. I'm a happy person. I, my personality, I've got an outgoing personality and I enjoy life. I very rarely get upset about anything because to me, it's, it's, it's not worth getting upset over. It takes a whole lot more energy to be upset than it does be happy. That's so really true. Happy person. Yeah. <laughs> my wife will tell you right quick. I can wake up at three o'clock in the morning I'm jumping out of the bed doing jumping jacks, and I'm ready to get my day started. I feel like I'm wasting time with, with just laying in bed sleeping. So uh, I'm an outgoing person. I like to stay busy. I like to do things. But I have my lazy side like everybody else does. There's times I just want to lay around, you know, watch a little TV, uh, play a video game or something like that, and just, just relax. But, uh, yeah, we went up against Derek Brundle and, and, and Matthew Conant in the, the, the final on the team championship. And I will tell you, if you have not fished in that caliber of a tournament, even though it's a bracket tournament, 24 hours every weekend, and that's not including pre-fishing. I mean, that's a, that is a grind, especially in Florida when it's 112 degrees with the heat index with a, a, an 80% humidity outside. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, uh, what she went through has made me a, a stronger husband. Uh, she knows that no matter what, I'm always going to be there beside her. I won't ever stand behind my wife, but I will always stand beside my wife. That's very good. And I, I obviously, when situations like you've gone through, and obviously you were in law enforcement for so many years, I'm sure you have uh, your fair share of uh, encounters with, uh, with you know, with some situations that, uh, you know, put your life in danger. And obviously, when we look at Fishing and kayak fishing is not the most important thing in life, but yet it is something that uh, for us that we love this sport, we have a passion for it, uh, plays a part in our life, you know. And for some of us, it helps with the, you know, kind of like the everyday struggles, you know, just having that time to be on the water and kind of disconnect and all that. Now, you started your, your, your career uh, as a pro angler or co-angler in the, uh, what is it, the F? FLW, you have mentioned no, the before? Bassmasters. Bassmasters, yes, correct. I apologize. So how did fishing kind of like, how did that play in your life? You know, when you can, when you went through all the stuff that you did, 
that that um, the before you when you started fishing to now where you're now kayak fishing, you went from a boat fisherman to a kayak fisherman, and in between you went through all this. How does fishing relate to you in that aspect of does it help you go or you know give you a better perspective on life, just being able to be in the water and kind of like you know deal with everything that you've dealt before? Yeah, it gives uh, now from 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 then to now, what it gives me now is I am one on one with the fish. I'm not worried about I don't have a co-angler to worry about. I don't have anything. It gives me time to escape to gather my thoughts. Uh, it, it helps me put things in perspective. Uh, I mean, because I mean, with, with COVID going on right now, I mean, we we we've been unemployed now since me and my wife because we run the same place. We've been un unemployed now since March 21st. I don't know how many people know about Florida's unemployment, but $275 a week don't go very far. No, so we've been, we've, been going, we've been going through those trials uh, again. But you know what? Getting out to be able to go fishing, it gives me that escape to put life in perspective. Uh, I'm all about, I like things, I like to know where things are at. I like to look outside of the box. I'm not the one, I'm not the guy that looks inside the box and that's all I see. I like to look at all angles, so I like to look outside the box. So that's what kayak fishing does for me now. It gives me time to get out. I get to get out, back out to doing what I've done growing up, which is fishing. I get to fish when I go out. I enjoy myself when I go out. By the time I usually come back in, my mind is clear. I'm ready to go. Uh, and we, we deal with life as, as it comes. Uh, because, uh, I mean, uh, since October of last year, I've lost three or four people in my family already, and two of them was my grandfather. Mr. Morton. Hello? Mr. Morton. Life, life flows curvy. Can you hear me? No, I got lost when you said uh, you've lost... Uh... I think you. I think you said three or four members of your family. So I got caught off over there. Um, yeah, I got something that's showing poor connection. Let me move around a little bit so okay. I can get into a better connection. Uh oh, oh, there we go. Now we're back. Okay. I said yeah. So getting out and kayak fishing it allows me to get out and escape. Uh, if you want to say reality for a little bit, but mm -hmm. what it allows me to do is it allows me to put that reality back into perspective and then go right back out and I'm, I, and, and I'm good to go. That's what fishing does for me. I mean, I, I grew up in a, in a, in an era where I'd go out with my grand, my, my grandfather or my pawpaw or my dad or my aunts and uncles. And we would go out and sit on a bank and just fish. And we would talk about everything from under the sun to under the moonlight. Uh, to me, social media is, uh, I grew up in true social media, uh, where you actually sat down and you physically talked to people. Yeah. And things and, and things are different now. I mean, it, we're in a high tech world and you, you gotta grow with it. But uh one of the things that I'm a firm believer in is uh if we don't get the youth out now, uh fishing and the outdoors are gonna be lost in in a few generations. Yep, yeah, definitely. So that's, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what kayak fishing does for me now. It, it lets me kind of escape reality for a little bit, 
and put reality back in perspective to to continue marching forward. Definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's one of those things where I encourage, you know, uh, younger generations is something that it's it's special. And uh, like you mentioned, as um, technology moves forward and social media and the ability to communicate with other people uh, makes the world smaller, but at the same time, um, kind of, I don't know how to explain it, kind of makes the world smaller, but then makes it more distant. In the sense that, yes, you can connect to somebody, <clears throat> previous generations want to be able to connect somebody across the world and have a connection where you can see each other and talk to each other. And that's, that aspect makes the world smaller. But another aspect also disconnects you from the world around you that's accessible just because we're looking at it through kind of what we are right now, through through a, a, a computer, through a phone. You know, so we I see you right now where you're in Georgia and I'm in Texas. But and again, this is just uh, an example, but I miss what's in front of me. And I think that's what technology is where you need to keep it balanced. Yes, if you have the aspect of, you know, I can able to share knowledge um, when it comes to kayak fishing, able to talk to great anglers, just like yourself, where before, you know, 20 years apart, maybe just a phone call and maybe we can be pen pals by mail, but we wouldn't be able <laughs> to look at each other and talk to each other. But at the same time, we have to keep that balance where you still want to enjoy the outdoors. And I think a lot of it is very important um, to pass that wisdom on to younger generations so they don't miss what's around them. Because going out there on a lake on your kayak, it's, it's again, it's just a, such a peaceful um, way to share nature, especially if you go out early in the morning, you know, you get to see the wildlife, you get to be with your thoughts, um, and you get to kind of like cleanse yourself sometimes of all the um, negativity, and we have a lot of it right now in, in our country and around the world. Um, and it, also in personal life, you know, struggling with personal things, just like you mentioned, your wife uh, being sick for such a long time. I'm sure that still, most people still have some emotional scars or stress that even if she's, thankfully she survived and she's well now, but still, you know, you may have some, um, it changes your life. Uh, personally, even yes. if you don't didn't go through it, but watching your loved one, the pe the person that you love the most, going through that, it definitely still has some emotional scars. Where that's the end of the day, you can make it, you can make it. How should I say this? You can use that emotional scars to make you a better person, instead of not just you know waddling in the in, in self pityness or you know or letting it get you get down, which obviously you haven't to make you a better person from what I understand. And when you incorporate Absolutely. that into outdoors activities, it's, you know, it's a two-way street. It's something that helps one, you know, one wa hand watches the other. You can be on the water and be stress-free because you live lives. You don't have to worry so much about catching a fish because at the end of the day, catching a fish to you, even if it's on a tournament, is not that big a deal compared to what you've gone through. So that puts it in perspective. And then at the same time, just being out there in nature kind of helps you get away from some of the emotional stress that any person, every person goes through in life. So it's kind of one of one hand washes the other in that aspect. Absolutely. So what got you into kayak fishing, Mr. Morgan? Because you obviously went on being a co-angler, co -angler, competing now into kayak fishing. Was it something, well, you know, uh, you know, you went through uh, financial 
uh, situation where now you can't afford anything because you lost everything. So it was like, well, I'll do kayak fishing. Um, or was it more uh, that you just uh, fell in love with the sport? Uh, believe it or not, like I say, I, 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 it was after me and Derek spoke, and uh, Derek told me, he said, you know what? He said, if you like the bass fish, he said, buy you a kayak. Get out and give it a try and, and see what you think. And I did, uh, was it now, six months ago? And I fell in love with it. And uh, that's that's about what all I do is live and breathe kayak fishing at this point. Uh, I wouldn't trade it for a boat anymore. Uh, the expense that goes along with a boat. Uh, I, I like the, I throw that line out, that line hits the water. I'm sitting there feeling, holding that rod in my hand and just waiting to feel the peck on the other end of that line. And uh, that you can't replace that feeling. Uh, yeah. When you when you hook into a, a giant fish, uh, you, you can't replace that feeling. I think, I think it, the only thing that will replace that feeling uh, from an aspect at this point would be your, 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 your child being born. Because <laughs> when you hook into a giant fish, I mean, it, uh, you can't, like I, said, I don't know how to explain it. You just, you can't replace it. Yeah. Uh, and every time you go through it and you hook into another giant fish, uh, same thing. You can't replace that feeling. That feeling is right then. Uh, you're living that moment right now. And, uh, until you get the next one, yeah, it's just it's cast and repeat. And you've and I enjoy that. Yes, I bet you do. And you have your fair share of uh, hooking into giants. I was looking at Tony X previously uh, when they had the opportunity to interview you earlier today. I was like, let me do a little bit of research on Bobby Moore. And I was kind of impressed. You you've caught uh, quite a few twenty five inches, if, if if I'm not mistaken, if I if I read that right, on your Tony yes. X history. That is impressive. A lot of us. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say that a lot of us don't live to catch a 25 inch. Most people don't. But you've caught not just one. You caught a few of them by now. So that definitely. Uh, how does that feel? You know, knowing that you caught you catch a fish that most of us will spend a lifetime and not catch. I have always told people, and, and I'll tell you, since I've gotten into the kayak community, I have made so many friends that are going to be lifelong friends at this point. Yes. Uh, you had Marcus Coates on uh, the other night. Yes, sir. Uh, me and Great Marcus guy. talk just about on a daily basis at this point. Me and Derek probably talk a couple, two or three times during the week. Uh, uh, during that championship final round we were on the phone that morning on the drive to the lake for probably an hour and then we probably got on the phone a little later on that morning we got a conference call and there was four or five of us on the phone talking while we're fishing so uh that's what i love about the kayak community uh yes but i've always told these guys i said you ever want to come down to you want to come to florida i said i'll take you out where i fish and you can catch that fish of a lifetime uh, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, I believe in sharing what I've learned in my last six months with anybody who wants to learn. Uh, and I've, I've learned a lot. And, uh, and, and again, and I've told Derek uh, it, how much and how humbling it is that he took time out of his day uh, to share, share his knowledge with me. And, and he said, the only thing I ever ask is you to pay it forward. And I do my best to do that. That's very good. That's very good. How how how's the learning curve going from 
fishing out of a boat or a bank to fishing out a kayak for you personally? You have to learn how to slow down. Yeah. You have to slow way down uh, uh, because the fact of a kayak, you, you don't have all that insulation like a big boat does to where you can bump around on top. You make a lot of noise on that kayak and every fish on the jar seems to know it and they leave. So you have to learn how to, you have to learn to be stealthy. You have to slow your fishing down because you don't, you don't have the ability to cover the same kind of water that a big boat does. So uh, that, that's the one thing it, it did teach me because I used to be a power fisherman uh, in, in, in the boats. Uh, I used to fish fast speed worms, uh, crankbaits. I mean, you name it. I mean, it was, it was fish and go, fish and go, fish and go. And now I get to a spot and I will wear it out, especially if I get on a fish. Yeah. Uh, I had a Sunday that I fished with one of the KBBT uh, bracket rounds. Uh, I put up 110 inches in five fish in uh, under four hours. And I probably caught all the fish. I, and that was, that was including calling out fish as well. I probably caught them inside of a 50-yard square uh, all those fish come off that and that same that little same spot of water. So where where exactly in uh, Florida do you fish out of, Bobby? I, I I live in Palm Bay, Florida, and I actually fish out of the Fellsmere area. Uh, mm. There's probably about six lakes or so that are inside of probably a eight or about an eight or ten mile radius, and I, I fish in, in inside of those those lakes. Uh, my main lake I fish is Keenansville. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a 2,500 20, acre lake. Uh, average depth is probably three feet. Wow. What's the deepest part? How deep is the deepest part of that lake? If you don't, uh, if you, if you get into the main canals, they got, uh, canals that run down the, uh, let's see the North side the east side and a little down on the south side and those will average about six feet oh really yeah. that's how deep it is wow that's very shallow yeah, so. definitely. That is definitely and then, and, and then you got the uh, yeah well when you the, the grass is growing right now because of summertime the grass is growing it's uh uh you got to find those those spots where you can get out of that grass get in that little bit of clean water and if you get on one big fish, uh, again, slow down and, and fish that air because they school up a lot down there. Uh, so uh, usually, uh, uh, let's see, right after I've done that 110 inches, to give you an example, I went out two days later and put up 106 and a half inches. So that's, that's one thing I learned because when I first started it, uh, I got a buddy of mine, Sherman Bishop, that uh, fishes in Florida as well. And, mm -hmm. uh, He's a he's a giant he's a giant slayer as well. He he catches some big fish. I used to go out and fish with him, and uh, he'd get in one area and he he'd sit there for four or five hours fishing in that one little area. And I'd been I've done made circles around him. And he he told me he said Bobby he says you got to slow down. He says in that kayak with all the noise that echoes out of that kayak. He says every bump, uh, every every tap of the the paddle on the kayak. He said he said just echoes through it. You're not gonna catch anything. He says you got to learn to slow down. He says, you're not in a big boat anymore. No. So I've slowed, I've slowed way down with a little bit of guidance from him. Uh, and it has made a huge difference in my fishing. 
Yeah, that's a very good point because a lot of time um, we don't realize how much noise we can make, how much it's going to affect the fish. Um, forget about that. And that, that, that's a very good point. I think that's one of the most, if not the most underrated um, aspect about, aspect of what I'm looking for, one of the most underrated, I think, uh, talking points or whatever you want to call it about kayak fishing. A lot of people will talk about uh, pr pressure, water temperature, spawning, uh, pre-spawning, post-spawning, do this, do that, baits, blah, blah, blah. And that's all great information, but I think not a lot of people talk about how stealthy you need to be on a kayak. And especially, I think that's the one thing that a new kayak angler always struggles with, especially if you never gone or if you're not used to being on a kayak until you got into kayak fishing. And by that, I mean people that usually do like maybe kayak trips before they even got into kayak fishing, you know, they're, they're, they like to be on the, um, they have previous experience of, um, you know, navigating on a kayak and that was their hobby and all of a sudden they start doing kayak fishing. Maybe the learning curve is not uh, that big, but for somebody that has never or doesn't regularly get on a kayak or doesn't even own a kayak and all of a sudden you start getting on a kayak just so you can go kayak fishing, that's the most I think the most important thing and the the aspect that's less talked about is that ability or that um, having that having that knowledge and um, getting familiar with your kayak to a point where you're as stealthy uh, and make the less noise as possible so you won't scare the fish. And I think that is overlooked way too much. And that I think that's the number one deterrent on uh, beginning anglers. Um, when it comes to kayak fishing that they haven't, that are overlooking and are not uh, honing their skills on being stealthy. Yes. Yeah, because on my kayak, I got, a, I got a trolling motor on mine, and usually once I get over to my fishing area, I've learned to pull that trolling motor out and got, get just one half of my paddle out, and I just kind of move myself around a little bit as long as the wind's not bad. But mm -hmm. on Kingsville, uh, I was out there Saturday, uh, and the wind was coming across the lake at 25 to 30 miles an hour. And even with a power pole and a trolling motor, it was almost impossible to sit in one spot. So it's, it, days like that, that it makes it, it really makes it a lot harder to, to get on the big fish. The little fish don't seem to bother them with the noise, but the big fish know better. Yeah. They didn't get big for being dumb. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. <laughs> that is very true. So let me ask you this. Now you obviously, like you mentioned, you film, uh, film. I'm sorry, you fish out of the uh, Felsmere area, and I know, especially when it comes to the uh, bracket tournaments like KBBT, which you um, taking a part of this year. I know there's a lot of slack thrown on Florida anglers because they say, well, you know, it's Florida. Of course, they're going to put up big numbers. Let's see them do that in New York or, you know, in, in Michigan or in Ohio or in some other place that's colder. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's warranted or do you think that they're overlooking what a Florida angler has to go through? Well, they, they, to me, they make it sound like because you live in Florida, you're automatically, all you got to do is uh, walk out to the bank, whistle a couple of times, all the fish run up, jump into your, your boat. You don't even have to launch it, uh, that you've got no skills. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I've listened to the debate on fishing online tournaments versus fishing live events. 
well, as a this being my rookie season, yeah, I can't go. I don't have the the money where I can go out with the a week of pre fishing, say on a Kentucky Lake to fish against the Russ Snyders, who is that's 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 his back that's that's his home waters. Mm-hmm. And what gets me is they say, well, if you don't go fish a live event, then you're not a good angler. And well, uh, let's let's put it this way. So you're and my argument is so. For me to be a good angler, I have to go to a lake I've never fished on to fish against somebody that is their home waters and they've been fishing for 20 plus years. And I have to beat that person on that body of water for me to be a good angler. And I disagree with that because I don't care what body of water you're on. If the fish ain't biting, you ain't catching. Mm-hmm. And I don't care how good an angler you are. Uh, I don't care how much you slow down. Uh, how much you speed up as far as your fishing technique goes. If the fish aren't biting, it does not. And, 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 and KBBT, look at how many of the Florida anglers that have been taken out early. Uh, so I, I disagree with them on the, the aspect of you're only going to be a good angler if you go and fish against a Russ Snyder and, or if you go fish against a Cody Milton on their home waters. Well, you know what? What's the difference of them coming down here and fishing against me on my home waters? Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Keenansville, if if you don't know how to fit, you're not going to walk into Keenansville and go put 100, 110 inches up, walking out, launching your kite, and going out there and having to try to figure that lake out in one day. Not going to happen. Uh, Keenansville has got a lot of grass in it, and I'd probably say three quarters of that lake is grass. And it comes all the way up to the surface. So you can go out there and pedal around and spend 90% of your day trying to find those, those open spots where you can get in and catch fish. Uh, so I, I disagree that, that, that they, they separate an angler who does online events uh, like a Conrad Bonetti. Pull up his turn X and look at his, look at his, his, his stats. I mean, mm-hmm. Conrad is a phenomenal fisherman. Conrad has fished probably seven or eight, nine different bodies of water since he started fishing the KBBT. He's not fishing a, a honey hole. He's going, uh, when he gets into the final four, he, he may go over and, and try a whole new lake that he's never fished before. He is an outstanding fisherman, and you can't take that away from him. And their idea is, or their ideology would be, but you're not a good angler unless you're doing live events. You know, I've been to a couple of live events with, with KBF, which Chad Hoover has done a phenomenal job holding KBF together through through the COVID uh, yep. crisis we're going through right now and, and, and doing one of the Super Trail series and have 27 people on one day and, and 17 people on the second day. I mean, it, you know, it, it is what it is. But now the guys I fish against, I was fishing guys, that was their home waters. They know where to fish, and, and and Lake Loudon up in uh, uh, Tennessee, right outside of Knoxville, that is a very very large body of water. You can in a week's time, you could not cover enough of that water pre-fishing uh, to really do you any good to fish on that. Because mm-hmm. I, I and I'm pretty sure you've been this uh, in this the, this before. As you go out and pre-fish, and you pre-fish Wednesday, you pre-fish Thursday, you pre-fish Friday, and you are on the you are on the fish. You get out there in that same spot on Saturday morning, there ain't a fish to be found. So if you you don't know the pattern of how the fish move around that lake, uh, 
uh, during each time of the year. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's 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 a it's a hard task to to, to pull off. Yeah. So the one thing I really like about what Greg Nosar and Marcus Coates and uh, Todd Patrick's doing with KBBT is I can now fish against a Derek Brundle. Derek Brundle can fish on his home waters and has to fish against me on my home waters. We've we've leveled the playing field. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not me going to Massachusetts and fishing against Derek Brundle on his home body of water that I've never even seen and probably don't have a whole lot of, lot of information that you can even research it online. So I think they've evened the playing field out. Uh, now, during Florida's and Texas certain times of the year, I would agree we definitely have an advantage. Uh, during our, our pre-spawn, our spawn, and our post-spawn, absolutely we have an advantage. But now in the KBBT, uh, Derek Brundle don't have to fish in Massachusetts if he don't want to. If Derek Brundle wants to say, you know what, I'm going to go down and, and, and fish with them on their, their own body of water, Derek can drive down here and fish. And and knowing knowing us, knowing me, yeah, uh, I fished for uh, two weeks with Brad Case uh, during the last KBB. See, he come down to Florida, and we got to fish for a couple weeks. And uh, we, 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 we showed him around on the lake. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, it's me against the fish. It's not me against Derek. It's me against the fish. If I can find the fish and I can get the fish to the boat and I get the the, uh, the better numbers, then I won as a person against the fish. I didn't win against Derek. I won against myself as a person. I put my tactics and my knowledge to work against the fish and their tactics that, that, that they've learned over the years of, mm. of being called. So I, I look at it that way. Uh, I think they've, they've leveled the playing field. I think KBBT is going to be uh, a big part of the future of kayak bass fishing because they have leveled the playing field. That's a very good point. Let me ask you this. Now, the the KBBT format that's going to be that's uh, ever-evolving right now, and uh, credit to Greg Nozar. I think Greg Nozar has done a good job of kind of like taking the criticism and finding a way to, you know, um, to fix things where, you know, now the naysayers can't, you know, can't say much. There's always going to be naysayers, always going to be haters, always going to be somebody that's going to criticize. But he has taken what I would say valid arguments um, and has, has now said, okay, this is your argument, or not you personally, but for the naysayers, okay, this is your argument about it. It's honey holes, blah, blah, blah. So we're going to divide it. Now, um, moving forward this year, it's going to be national qualifiers, north, east, uh, west, south. Um, they have their own regions. They're going to fish about, going to be fishing with uh, tournament anglers of their own region. Texas is going to have their own region. Florida is going to have their own region. So now nobody can say, well, I lost or so-and-so won because he's from Texas. Well, everybody that's fishing out of Texas, uh, every angler is fishing in Texas is going to fish against a t- another Texas angler. So really, whoever moves forward to the national is, if you're from Texas, guess what? You didn't beat somebody from upstate New York. You had to beat whoever you needed to beat. That's from Texas. That's fishing out of Texas. So you can't say, well, he has a home field advantage. No, we're all in Texas. Same thing with Florida. All those Florida anglers are going to take part in, in the new format for the KBBT are going to be, like yourself, fishing out of their quote-unquote honey hole, but you are going to be from Florida 
fishing game Florida anglers. So whoever moves so forward is because he's earned it, not because, again, quote unquote, he beat somebody from Ohio that doesn't have that large population of big, really big, uh, largemouth um, that makes it honestly easier to move forward because now you're going against Florida anglers. So if you do, it's because you're considered one of the best Florida anglers out there, assuming you move on to the national championship. Now, the national championship, according to Mark Coates, and I know with the whole COVID-19, that may change. And there's a lot of situations that are gonna may, might take place that might, might alternate, um, change the plans. But the plan for now is, um, I think the top eight or top 16, depending on the region, uh, of each region, uh, they reach, and I, I'm sorry, I could explain this a lot better, but I, I'm stepping over myself here. But each region is going to have their uh, qualifiers, right? And the top either 16 or 8 uh, are going to go into national championship. And so it's going to, so, so it'll be with uh, Florida region and the Texas region. And the hope is to bring all those anglers, the top anglers from each region, to a neutral lake. I don't know how easy it is going to be to find a lake that no one from that reached the national qualifier hasn't fished or it's close to the home lake. Some, at the end of the day, somebody's going to have some type of home field advantage. If you're spreading it out through all the region, I mean, unless you move into Africa, everybody's going to Africa to fish in Africa. <laughs> Somebody is going to have, you know, eventually some type of home field advantage. But at least we mitigate that argument by saying, okay, all those Florida anglers, all those Texas anglers that qualify, they're now going to go up against all those New York anglers and Ohio anglers are not going to be fishing their honey hole. Everybody's going to be fishing at a neutral lake one-on-one until one remains standing. What are your thoughts on that type of format? Hopefully it'll go through again. This is all COVID-19 permitting, unfortunately. You there, uh, Bobby? I think I lost you again. Oh, there we are. Now we're back. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I got got what you said. Uh, I did hear all of it before the connection kind of went bad. Uh, I I love the idea. Uh, You're going to take a bracket tournament. And you're going to work it down through the year to get it down to the final eight or 16, however they decide to do it. And then you're going to turn it into a live event. And it's going to be one-on-one until, like you said, the last man standing. And I think it is a great idea because you're going to have Texas anglers. You're going to have Florida anglers. Uh, I'm pretty sure you're going to have to learn how to ledge fish. They're going to have to learn how to find those fish in those deeper waters. Uh depending on what time of the year, I think it's going to be what April next year. Uh, so I don't know if the, depending on where it's at, or uh, you could be looking at pre-spawn, you could be looking at spawn or even post-spawn, uh, depending on, uh, where, where it's going to actually be fished at. So you may be fishing up, looking for those staged up fish that are sitting out on them ledges, uh, waiting for that water temperature to come up a little bit more before they start moving in. So you're going to have to, uh, you're going to have to do your homework. Uh, you're going to have to, uh, uh, for me as a Florida angler, you're going to, I might have to bring a, a lot of tactics growing up in Georgia and Alabama. Uh, I, I, I've done my fair share of ledge fishing and stuff like that back in, uh, back when I was growing up, uh, I haven't done it a lot since. Uh, 
uh, because you, you, you don't, we don't have ledges in Florida. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of lakes deep enough to have a ledge. Uh, so you're going you're gonna to have to bring your A game for the national championship next year. Uh, uh, you're going to have anglers that come down from north. We'll, we'll just use a, 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 a Jonathan Pepin uh, from uh, out of Michigan or yeah. a, Derek Brun, uh, a Derek Brundle or a Magic Conan where they fish. That's their normal fishing uh, that they do on a daily basis versus somebody from Texas who don't do a whole lot of uh, ledge fishing. Uh, we don't we don't have thirty foot waters in Florida, uh, and if it is, the hole's so small that there ain't no ledge to fish. Uh, but so it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be real interesting to see how it turns out because uh, the, I think there's gonna be either eight or sixteen from Texas. Uh, same thing coming out of Florida for the qualifiers, and then I think the national qualifier is going to bring thirty two. Uh, so that should make up the 64 for the 64 round for the national championship next year. Uh, so it's it's going to be interesting, and, and I like it because it's it's taking a the online bracket event and turning it into a live event by the end of it. Uh, yeah. So I, I I like where it's going. Yeah, I think that that, that that's a great idea, and again, it kind of like addresses some of the uh, criticism that was previously thrown that way from you know other tournament anglers or whatever it was but i i like the idea i think it's a great idea and again props to nosar um and all, all his team for coming up with that idea hopefully work out again we, we're living right now a situation where nothing's guaranteed uh for tomorrow it's never is but especially now in the times we're living it seems that even more so that's been amplified the fact that nothing's guaranteed you know whatever plans you have for tomorrow you know they're, they're, they're not set in stone no by no means and uh Hopefully things will be back to whatever the new normal is that it was that it's gonna allow that tournament to take place. Now let me ask you this: I'm assuming you're taking part of that tournament, and hopefully uh, you're looking forward to qualifying for the national championship. Is that correct? Absolutely. So uh, what? Uh, what? Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Start out the actual director for Florida region. Uh, me and uh, Sherman Bishop, so we are we are taking over it and getting trying to get the uh, get registration up, get people uh, ready to fish that in September. What would it mean for you making the you know getting into national uh, the nat the national championship and putting on a good show? And again, it's just because you don't win it um, doesn't mean that you're not a good anchor. So more than anything. What did it mean for you to actually show the people out there, the naysayers, hey, you know, look at look at the numbers I put on a lake that's not in Florida and that is not my horny hole. What what does it mean to you? And again, this is coming from a person that's first responder, retired first responder. I've gone through a lot of stuff and we talked about it, you know, your wife is a cancer survivor and all that. So this really means literally squat compared to what you've got in your life. But Having said that, what did it mean to you to be able to put a good show in and say, hey, you know what? Look at this numbers. I, I, I look at it this way. Uh, by this time, that time, uh, by, by April of next year, if I can go out and I can qualify and I can make it to the Elite Eight or, uh, and, and go fish on that body of water, uh, I've showed uh, it to myself that I have – progressive as a fisherman i've improved 
the way I fish to be able to fish where I want to. Uh, and as long as I continue to grow as a fisherman, uh, it's only going to get better. Uh, I'm not one to settle for. I'm not. I'm not the. I'm not that guy that's gonna say. You know, I catch giant fish on Keenansville. I ain't going to fish nowhere else. That's that's not who Bobby is. I am one. I, I want to be able to go anywhere in the country, uh, like the Russ Snyder's, like the Cody Milton's, uh, the Derek Brundles, uh, the Jamie Broads, and go any lake anywhere, figure it out, and, and catch big fish. Uh, so for me to achieve that, I've got to continue to progressively grow as an angler. And as long as I set that goal, I won't stop until I achieve that goal, but that's a goal that you can't, uh, you'll never achieve the actual goal because you're constantly moving that goal up and constantly growing as an angler. It would, it would mean a, it would mean a lot to me. Uh, and if if I have my way, I will be there next year. Awesome. Yeah, we hope you do, man. We would love to hear more from you and see how you progress. I know this is kind of like uh, your rookie season as a tournament angler. Do you feel like a rookie? Uh, I, and, and the kayak portion of it, yes. Because, I mean, I still do make rookie mistakes yeah. because I've never fished out of a kayak. But as far as fishing goes, absolutely not. I, I've been doing this since I was old enough to hold a, a stick with a string tied to the end of it. Because back in, in those days, we didn't have a lot of money growing up. My my dad was in Vietnam. Uh, when he got back, uh, he he was in so bad a shape that my mom ended up raising me and my sister. Uh, so we, we didn't have a whole lot growing up. So uh, a, a, a piece of pine tree in a in a string on it with a, a a piece of dead wood for a bobber and a hook and worms that we dug up uh, on the bank or in the yard and go fishing yeah you know what i that's something that'll be with me forever uh that's things that i've passed down to my boys is my growing up in the outdoors is as i grew up and it was as it was passed down from my grandfather uh from his his dad uh my dad and, and my family those are things you can't replace mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's that's what I'm I'm pushing for in in, in my new uh, Facebook page and my Instagram is Legacy Bound Outdoors, is 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 getting parents to pass that on to their kids. You know, take time out away from the telephone, take time out away from your computers, get in the outdoor and, and enjoy it. Uh, because like you said, in this day and age, tomorrow's not a guarantee. Yeah. Uh, so I. I that's a it's a generational thing. If you don't pass it on to your kids, what are they going to pass on to theirs when 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 they have kids? That's very true. Tell me a little bit about Legacy Outdoors. I noticed that on your social media. Tell us about Legacy Outdoors. What does it stand for? What does it mean? What's the what's the story behind Legacy Outdoors? Everybody wants to leave their mark. Uh, no matter what it is you do, if you're in law enforcement, if you're a firefighter, if you're in the military or if you're an electrician or a carpenter, everybody wants to leave their mark. They want to leave their legacy that they passed on to their kids. They want to leave on the legacy that was passed on to them from their, their, their family, uh, from their father, from their grandfather, from their great grandfather. That's, that's the legacy. That's, that's things you pass down generation to generation to generation. And my, my, my thoughts of watching the way things have gone 
is a lot of that's being lost. I mean, uh, today's babysitter is, is, a, is a telephone, a computer, uh, video games, uh, mm -hmm. instead of saying, you know, everybody, you know, everybody go out and get in the truck or go get in the car. Let's go to Walmart. Let's go to Bass Pro Shop. Let's buy some fishing rods. Let's buy some tents. Let's go camping. Let's get back out and, and enjoy social media as it was intended where families sit and talk. Families sit and share stories with each other. Uh, families go out and, and, and sit on a bank and fish. Uh, one of my one of my sponsors is is called Bank Robbers, and that's that's their goal. They want they want to get people back out to enjoy the outdoors and step away from technology for for a while. And that's what Legacy Outdoors is about uh, is is getting people to slow down a little bit. I mean, uh, life doesn't have to be 900 miles an hour. You can stop and enjoy it uh, because it goes by quick. I mean, I've, I've got kids 32, 20, uh, getting ready to turn 28 and 25. I mean, it goes it goes quick. I mean, I'm 54 years old. I was 23 weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's all about getting people to slow down. and It's about getting the, the parents to pass on that legacy that was passed on to them by their parents and by their grandparents. Uh, and that's what it's about. That's awesome. That's a very, very important. I think and cannot understate the importance of just being able to enjoy the outdoors. There is so much now uh, with technology that's available to this younger generations. A lot of it is good. A lot of it, um, it's, uh, it's not good. Um, and uh, you, when you, you mentioned something, you know, your babysitter, now it's your phone. When you think about that, I don't personally don't have kids. I'd probably be scared if I had a kid knowing that the access that kids now have on their phone. And I think a lot, a lot of times that that's overlooked, you know, they're on your phone. There's, there's a lot of good stuff, you know, that you can learn, you know, access to information, you know, whereas a kid, it would be, you know, harder to, to, to learn as, uh, new things. At the end of the day, that kind of gives you more character. The adventure of just kind of like finding answers where now there's not really an adventure out of it. You just Google it and you can find the answers. But there's a lot of more information that's useful for younger generations. But there's a lot of vile information and things out there that kids, yeah, the kids have access to that if, if as a parent, if you're not responsible um, and you're not, you know, putting some type of restriction on it. I mean, when, I mean, I can go on and on, but this kind of stuff that you have access on your phone, when you give that to a five-year-old, 10-year-old, you know, it's it's something you really have to be careful. Um, and fortunately, there's people like you and organizations kind of like the one you're building on Legacy Bound Outdoors to try to put that in the forefront and put in the conscience of those people that have kids or nephews or grandsons that, you know, it's, there is technology has its place and it has a lot of benefits, but if it's handled responsibly and you can't, you know, like, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, of, the, of this episode, you know, it makes the world smaller. Just being able to meet right here in Texas, talk, see you and talk to you in Florida, which 20 years from now would be impossible other than on the phone. But I wouldn't be able to see you. And, you know, we couldn't text each other. But 
at the same time, you have to look at what's around you. You know, back then when you were kids, you wanted to have fun. You go outside and being with nature. Now it's uh, can have fun on on sitting on the sofa on your bed, just playing games. So again, a lot of responsibility comes with all this power and knowledge. And I think having uh, again people like you, organizations like the one you're trying to build, and other ones out there to encourage the younger generations. Don't forget about what's in front of you, nature, being able yes. to go fishing. I mean, there's nothing like kayak fishing in, in my in my mind. I grew up in Puerto Rico. I grew up surfing. Great experience. I love it. It's my passion. Kayak fishing is another level. Um, just be able to be with nature and, you know, that calming effect it can have and that able to detach yourself from a lot of stuff that we go through on a daily basis. So, Mr. Moore, before I let you go, anybody that you want to thank, family members, companies that are sponsoring you, any shout outs, feel free to do. You can have as much time as you want. Okay. I, I guess the, 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 the first and most important would be my wife, Meg. Uh, she is standing beside me through this, this, the, uh, the beginning of this adventure. Uh, uh, and she is, she has actually sat in the truck at the boat ramp for three and a half, four hours while I'm out fishing because we were traveling. Uh, I'd like to uh, thank TRC covers. Uh, they make a phenomenal product. Uh, they yes, custom they make uh, rod covers for you. Uh, you can have your own stuff put on it, uh, your own uh, uh, emblems. Yep. Uh, so they make, they make a great product, American-made product, uh, vector hooks. Uh, if you're looking for sharp hooks, uh, and you're looking for hooks that don't rust and you're looking for hooks that actually have a warranty on them, uh, definitely check out vector hooks, uh, biz baits. Uh, they make, uh, they, they, they make the plastics that I use. I, I use a lot of crawls with my, my, with my chatterbait, my jackhammer. So, uh, they make a phenomenal product. I've gone out and had, I don't know, four or five fish off of one plastic and still be able to fish with it. So they make a phenomenal product. Uh, Wicked weights. Uh, I do a lot of punching as well. I'm getting back into that in my fishing. So uh, Wicked Wakes makes uh, some phenomenal tungsten weights. Uh, they actually have uh, some, some new things that are coming out. Uh, I love their skipping weight. It's a, it's a real yes. thin. Have you seen yes. that? Yeah, uh, I so, saw it, Brian uh, Latimer on a video once, and I started using the really good. I'm sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. No, that's quite all right. Uh, so, uh, Grey Goat Lures, if you're one of those uh, guys that love to throw spinner baits, uh, get a hold of Al over at Grey Goat Lures. Uh, he custom makes uh, all spinner baits to order. So, uh, you tell him what you want. He'll design it. He'll design it on camera with you to get exactly what you want. And cool. he'll make you as many as you want. So I love I, I love his products. I use his products. Uh, bank robbers. Uh, uh, they're, they're, it's not a, it's not something to do with kayaks per se. It's about getting a family out. It's about getting back out to the basics, uh, starting that building blocks of the family again, getting out, enjoying the outdoors, taking the the, the time to enjoy life. Uh, so uh, they're one of my sponsors as well. Uh, shout outs. Uh, I just uh, received uh, four of my Trinity custom rods, and if you want a a, a, a rod that is phenomenally built, uh, I've got all four of mine are, are different. I got two frog rods. Uh, I've got one that's actually custom made. Uh, it's a pink rod. It's wrapped in pink. Uh, the eyes are wrapped in pink, and it has my wife and 07 on the rod itself. 
That's very uh, cool. But Matt Frentrist and uh, uh, Turner Williams do a phenomenal job on their rods. Uh, so definitely look look them guys up. Uh, catch boards. Uh, I, I, I've got a couple of them now. I've got the uh, American flag version, uh, the Patriot version, and then I've got the, the gunmetal. And you, you, you can't beat it. Uh, they don't rust. Uh, and, and if they do, catch board stands behind it. They'll send you, if it starts rusting or flaking, they'll send you a new one. They stand behind their product. It's an American made product. Uh, motor glide, or excuse me, motor guide, uh, is the trolling motor I use on my boat. Uh, I use Lawrence as far as my fish finder goes. So a big shout out to them as well. Uh, yak attack. Uh, my boat is fully outfitted with just about anything yak attack puts out. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Westbrook Supply with uh, Scott Butcher and uh, Fletch. I met them guys yesterday. A phenomenal little shop they have. Uh, and the knowledge that they bring to the table when you walk in, if you knew nothing about kayak fishing and nothing about bass fishing, when you walk out, you're going to have knowledge with you. Uh, so a great place and great guys over there at uh, Westbrook Supply Company. Awesome. Mr. Bobby, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Morin, thank you so much uh, for joining us in our podcast. It's been an honor and a pleasure you to have you. I've, I've never, I didn't think I was going to enjoy it this much. I hadn't had a chance to meet you um, before this podcast, so I didn't know, you know, how it's going to be. But it has been an honest to goodness uh, pleasure and honor to having you on my podcast. I really thank you. I've truly enjoyed our conversations. I look forward to what you're doing, you know, in the tournament scene. I hope that you, you know, go as far as you can with this and, uh, you know, and see you know, what you can do uh, outside of Florida if you get the opportunity. Uh, thank you to your wife, you know, for allowing us a little time, you know, to you and I to talk. I'm sure uh, she must rather have your company than <laughs> right now. But um, I'm glad everything worked out um, and that you're, you know, a stronger man for it. And, uh, and thank you for sharing all the knowledge and the experience you go to. I hope somebody that's out there listening to this podcast gets the same uh, the same thing you got when you heard Scott Be um, Drake Brundle on the Scott Beecher Wayne podcast. That's that's my best hope for this podcast. You know, somebody gets touched by your story and helps them go through whatever they're going through. So thank you again for taking the time to share that. And uh, we wish you the best moving forward, Mr. Morin. Thank you so much. All right, sir. You have a great day, and I appreciate you having me on. And it was an absolute pleasure, uh, pleasure uh, talking with you as well. I hope we get to do this again. Definitely, definitely will. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler. The Angler button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in Northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. T 
CRC covers. Protect your investment. Catch products. Shout out to Catch Products. Go to catchproducts.com and put the paddle and fin logo directly on your catch board. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% on all your jig and tackle needs.